Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. And that's what we try to do every week is talk about topics that can help you in your life. My name is Sandra Reich. I'm a licensed psychotherapist. I run an anxiety and depression clinic. And I love talking about ways that in particular couples get into trouble and relationships get into trouble. And today we have a topic that I really think is a very, very important one. Um, So first of all, let me just invite people, even though I always do this and it very rarely happens, but if you want to call into the show, 1-866-472-5792. If you prefer to text, 1-514-796-4357. Email works to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. It is my pleasure today to introduce my guest. And for the first time, <laughs> because she's been here many, many times as a clinical counselor, but she, congratulations, is now officially a licensed psycho therapist welcome back hey, melissa Hindley. That feels uh, how so does good. it feel it to feels be so good when you, you are a you licensed psychotherapist yeah. so why so people listening are like understanding what's the difference and what happened and what's going on you were a clinical counselor two weeks ago now you're a licensed psychotherapist what does this mean for people listening why is this a big deal who it's, cares yeah it's a big deal because quebec really tries hard to protect the title of psychotherapist so that mm-hmm. no one on the streets or anyone can't you know can call themselves this or or say that they can practice therapy so it's really to protect you as the public which is an important point yeah and uh because i went to school outside of quebec it's a long story but because i went uh short version because i did my master's outside of quebec uh to get back into quebec you need to have the equivalency so um without equivalency they just required me to take a couple more classes and once i finished that then they recognized me and registered me as a a licensed psychotherapist and so, and you've been wanting this for a long, long time. time, long time. And so it just gives you, you know, the formality and the official status. Mm-hmm. And um, we've always loved your knowledge, but now more people can have access to you. Yes. And that's fantastic. So congratulations again. Thank you. Thank I'm you. very happy and Thank proud you. of you, as I told you earlier. Yes. Um, I wanted you to come on today's show. I think it's a very important show. It's about a topic that really, for me personally, was a real game changer. And mm-hmm. the so people listening are like, just say the topic already. Okay, so the, t- the word itself is not going to mean much for most people. So the word is enmeshment. So let me start with this story. I grew up with parents who were, from my, where I, from my vantage point, were madly in love. Mm-hmm. And they did every single thing together. There is nowhere you'd ever see one without the other. There's no way. So I thought, and many of our love songs and movies show us that that is what romantic love looks like and I thought how fabulous is that Mm -hmm. and to my utter shock and dismay as an adult I find out that this is actually very unhealthy not to say that my parents weren't in love and not to say that there weren't good parts of it but enmeshment is a word that we use where a relationship becomes fused Mm. where instead of there being a you me and an us which is what we need in a relationship in yep. any relationship, even mine and yours, yes. okay, there needs to be a you, a me, and an us. There becomes only an us. And instead of being two people 100%, we have two 
sort of, you know, this concept 50-50. It's a weird concept because we need to show up as 100%, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But basically, the the message is that fusion of any kind is very dangerous. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. It was a real shocker for me because romantic love in the movies often shows things like you complete me, mm-hmm. I can't live if living is without you. It sounds like that's what love is supposed to be, but I see you nodding. Yes. It's a problem. You have strong feelings on this. I can yes. tell by the way you're responding. Take yes. it away, Melissa. But I love how enthusiastic you get talking about this. It helped me a lot to find out that this is not good. Yeah, and 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 hearing you talk and help your couples through this, I think it's amazing because, you know, when when we're understanding enmeshment, I find sometimes it's really difficult to explain because sometimes like in our family and, and family dynamics, sometimes it's like really, really subtle behaviors that sometimes we see as caring or we see as healthy, but it's really hard sometimes to find the line between, you know, these really, really subtle behaviors. Is it something that's helping us or it might be something that's harming us? Right, right, right. Do you want to say a bit more about that? Yeah. So, um, and I loved how you said there's like a you and a me and a and an us. It's very important for so couples important. to understand that. Maybe we should just pause on that. Because yeah. I think that, you know, I do these retreats for couples and I really have to start with that psychoeducation concept. Mm-hmm. Is So if you're listening right now and you're in a relationship, the first question you want to ask yourself is, is there a you is there a me and is there an us and are they separate? Why is that so important in your view, Melissa? And I'll, I'll be happy to add in my opinions. So usually in relationships, a lot of times, if we're depending on somebody to fill our self-esteem, to fill our self-worth, then the problem with that is that we can attach our self-worth and self-esteem to external things or a person. But the problem at is that when they're not there or when these external things are not there, then we end up losing our sense of self. And this is what happens a lot in relationships is that we lose our sense of individuality. And and we might have weak boundaries, which I'm sure we're going to talk about later on. And, and you see, you're excited about the I'm topic so too. It's a really big time. Mm-hmm. This is one of those stuff. Sometimes we do a topic and I'm like, oh my God, I don't mm-hmm. know if I have much more to say. This is one where we could do three shows on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So losing your individuality. I mean, let's stop right there. Like mm-hmm. that is really a problem. And I have to say that shows up a lot, in particular for women. A lot. A lot. It's a big problem because we fall in love and we think that, it's kind of a, again, a romantic concept that yeah. there is no me without you. There's no me. And so I see this a lot of in a lot of my clients, but, you know, they'll start to stop doing things that they enjoy or everything becomes about the relationship. And so friends start to get put to the side. Oh, or, yeah. Um, family members start to get put to the side. So a lot of it starts to get concentrated on the relationship, which feels like it's great. But the problem is that it's really, really important. And why else is it important to have your own individuality? And then, like you said, show up as 100%, 100%. Okay, great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, because, okay, for love to thrive... The 100% is I need to bring some stuff that's mine to the table, okay? And the thing is that if everything is in my relationship, what happens if the relationship, we have a fight Mm -hmm. or things are not going well or, you know, something happens, then I could possibly, and that's where the love songs come, I can't live if living is without you. I cease to exist. Mm. Now, that is not love. That is closer to obsession and, again, this word enmeshment. So I need to have a fully integrated part of myself. I need to have me. And then I can bring to you 
my love and come back also to me. So it's a bit strange, but it's going to sound very unromantic, but it comes down to, I love you, Mm -hmm. but I need to love me more, which is not the romantic love songs. I did not know this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought it was supposed to be, I love me. Okay. But I really love you. Right. Mm -hmm. How many of us grew up feeling that way? A lot of ways. Right. And, and especially if we had, that's my question. I think we can address it after the break, but how do we, how do we end up getting into these um, romantic fantasies and how do we end up with these ideas that you know my needs are you know it's okay if I don't meet my needs but I'm going to meet your needs and I'm going to oh, yeah. do everything I can for you the other goodness person. gracious it's such so a good how do question we get in this position? well we're going to take a break but if you are in a romantic relationship or you'd like to be in a romantic relationship or even in your friendships because friends can be a match too can't they yeah yeah so even in your friendships um don't go far this is the show for you because I promise you, if you understand the dangers of enmeshments, enmeshment, excuse me, your entire life will will change. So stay tuned. We'll re- oh, I can't speak. Stay tuned. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Exactly where you're... Sorry, we're like chatting so much. I'm on the air and I'm chatting with Melissa because I love chatting with her. Why do I love chatting with her? I didn't really give her a proper introduction. She is a licensed psychotherapist. She is really outstanding at what she does. She's a specialist in anxiety, depression, emotions, relationships, and much, much more. And we're very lucky she works at the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, which is our clinic here in Montreal. But 
If you're not in Montreal, you can also reach out to us. You can call us at 514-777-4530. And there's lots of ways of staying in touch, which we'll talk about at the end of the show. So I'm going to start this segment, Melissa, um, on we were talking about uh, I want you to talk about some of the signs of enmeshment. But before that, I'm going to talk about a sort of sort of a metaphor uh, that famous psychologists came up with to know if you're in an enmeshed relationship and what 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 healthy relationships look like. And I, I want you to picture this, you mm-hmm. and everyone listening. So I want you to picture trees, trees, okay? Now, picture one strong oak tree and another tree attached to that oak tree. Mm. So what happens at that point is that the strong oak tree is actually the small tree that's being attached to it is sucking vitamins from the strong oak tree. And that is our metaphor for enmeshment because when we don't have two whole trees or two whole human beings, there is something going on where there's a transfer of energy. And that eventually with two trees, when we see two trees attached like that, one tree is going to die. Mm. So this is not a joke. So we don't want that. And then in relationships, as you know, we often see couples where there's two solid trees and the top of the trees where the leaves are, they never touch. Mm. They're just, you know, this is our parallel couple. They're living together. You know who you are. You're listening right now. You're living together. You're not really having any connection, not much intimacy. And you're kind of like, really, this is marriage? Not good either. Mm -hmm. So what does healthy relationship look like? Anonymized is two solid oak trees. The leaves on top, the wind comes by, the leaves touch, Mm. and the leaves separate. They touch, and they separate. Does that make sense? Isn't that a great metaphor? That's Young who came up with that. Isn't that amazing? I love that metaphor. And and, uh, as you're saying that, it reminds me of, of, um, because I use this metaphor too with redwood trees. I think that's what they're called. Um, But those big sequoia trees, and you can see that they're very strong and built like two big trunks of the tree, but underneath it their 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 roots are intertwined like ah. so it's like having that solid foundation but then being separate um independent individual people but then like you said come together at right the, come together and separate. separate together separate together so okay so people fall into a mesh relationships where they don't come together and separate they're just constantly together mm-hmm. how would people listening know that they've fallen into a meshment i know you have some signs yeah talk so, to me so there's some signs uh, that this can start because as we were talking as a teaser before the break that this really develops uh, in our childhood so there are some signs in our childhood but then there's signs as an adult to see if you're in a meshed um, but i'll talk about more about the the as an adult for a second but as I was saying, is when our self-esteem feels dependent on the relationship. Dependent right, if on the, the relationship's going well, I'm good. Yeah. And if it's not, I'm a disaster. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we can also be when when you feel like conflict is unbearable. Oh, yeah. This is another big sign is that yeah. it creates a whole bunch of anxiety. It and was for me. I mean, I was that person, mm-hmm. no doubt about mm-hmm. it, because that, why is conflict unbearable? Well, it means like a potential abandonment. Right. 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 And and we don't want to feel that way. So we attach ourselves really closely to our relationship and any type of conflict creates a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety. Really good point. Um. Another one is like sometimes the person might feel as if there's no privacy. Mm. So, it, it, you know, sometimes it's like, well, it's not to say that not to share everything, like not to have any secrets. I don't agree with secrecy because that's another part uh, of enmeshment is when there's secrecy and especially in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
you know, sometimes you are entitled to a little bit of privacy. And sure. So, and it's just a really tricky, healthy balance. That's but, it. But um, it's when we feel as if we have zero privacy. So I see people, couples go through each other's phones or uh, emails or things like that, that that can uh, create a lot of, lot of boundary issues. Yeah. And, we have to be careful with that. I just want to put a caveat in that because yes. you shouldn't be doing that, right? Your, your couple requires privacy. But different show, different topic. If you're in a relationship and your partner would say, absolutely, you can never look at my phone, yeah. that also is a problem. Well, that's a red flag. Yep, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah, because then you're There like, should be sort of a sense that you could look at my phone anytime, but, you but therefore you don't. Yeah. Right, so exactly. I just wanted to make that clear. Yeah, very good. Okay, very good, good point, Melissa. Keep going, you're awesome. Um. Another one where, again, it goes back to the conflict, but um, we might not have emotions of our own. So if our partner or a person that we're in a, in a mesh relationship with, if they're upset, it's like, of course, um, when you're in a relationship, like, you know, sometimes your mood might a little bit affect mine, but it's when I'm when I'm feeling exactly your emotion. Mm, uh, this is this is one that I think people really struggle with, including me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for myself, it's less about catching someone's upset. I know when I'm joyful, I've and I'm with someone. If they're not able to experience the joy, it's difficult for me to hold it. Wow. Yeah, that's also that's a mixture of enmeshment and caretaking, right? Yeah. Because. It's like you're only entitled, I had to learn that uh, what, uh, what's happening there is I'm only entitled to my emotion if you feel it too, mm. which isn't really a great message. No. And so it, part of what we have to talk about is how to get out of this. Yes. Yeah. Definitely yeah. how to get out of these roles because you can see how it can rob away a lot of positive experiences. Absolutely. Almost. And give the other person incredible power. power, which could be very exploitive, yeah. even in the kindest of partners, I must say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, the the feel the need to rescue, you talked about a little yeah. bit about the caretaking, so feel the need to rescue, mm. or when we experience like a strong sense of shame. Um, this can be, this is more sometimes with family members, like when yeah. in, in a meshed families, it's like, and especially I want to talk about too, like with the holidays coming up. It's a perfect time to be talking about this. Yeah. And with the holidays coming up, you know, this is where we experience a strong sense of shame is when our family members might make us feel guilty for, you know, for example, not coming for a dinner or not phoning as often, you know, and it's, it's, it's okay for the family to express their feelings, but it's when the guilt trip gets placed on you and then you experience a lot of guilt guilt as if I have to I have to go and and I hear this a lot in my family too because now we're getting older and you know my cousins and nieces are having kids and so it's hard to separate with the holidays like which family you know you have to separate between your family and your spouse's family that's it and so it's it's, sometimes we do have to say no or to alternate I know a lot of families start to alternate right that's a good strategy but when there's an enmeshed family it's it's when this guilt trip I know my best friend's going through this too sometimes there's a little bit of the 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 guilt that she feels of alternating family yes and I I, you know again my family of origin and many people listening uh, had this idea that uh, you couldn't get together with a parent as adults without the other sibling being there Mm. like we have to all be together all the time and when I did finally learn it I would say I remember saying to my dad um, let's get together and he'd say well we have to call your sister and I'd go well no you can get together with her on your own and I'd like some time just with you and this was very novel for my family and that's a little bit what I want to talk about is how do you get out of this Mm -hmm. is that first and this is why we're doing the show is first you have to assess that this is not healthy Mm -hmm. so 
let's just make sure it's very clear. I talked about the trees, um, how it's sucking nutrients. It's a parasitical relationship. What is your opinion why enmeshment is so unhealthy? I, I just want to hear your words on that. Yeah, well, definitely as we talked about how it, we end up losing our sense of self, but then we end up, and, and I can relate to myself, at the, at, there was a time where it developed very, very weak boundaries. Right. right, because I felt like there can't be any boundaries. There's no boundaries, right? Because it's where do you end and where do I begin, type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because, like you said, the family is always together, and we always have to do things together. That sometimes, you know, it, no wasn't necessarily an answer in our in our family. So right. now that um, and and I felt guilty when I had to say no. So that's one of my biggest consequences of this was having very weak boundaries. So you're, I think you're saying, and I think you're right, that the part of the antidote to this problem is to develop boundaries. Yes. If you grew up in an enmeshed family, there were no boundaries. It's, no. I like to say that I grew up with the message that love is love, 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 love is everything, yeah. and not that much about respect. And now, as you know, I talk a lot about in in, in our book we wrote about this that love without respect dies. Mm. So you need boundaries in a relationship to have mm. a healthy relationship so it's not always love 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 Mm -hmm. it has to be sometimes like you said saying no or saying I can't do that and that means that there's going to be separation between you and me we're not going to become one yeah because when when I'm saying yes to somebody else like my partner when I really want to say no or a family member you know that's always the first sign is if if physiologically you get that ugh, like that irky feeling yeah, yeah. you really want to say no but you end up saying yes yeah. well then that's usually a first sign but when you're saying yes to someone else you're saying no to you so instead oh, say of that again that's I've heard you say that before. Yes, that's such yes. a good line and, and I know your clients love that line so yes. say it nice and loud for everybody so when you say yes to somebody else you're saying no to yourself oh that's a good so, Melissaism yeah so when you say love 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 I'm going to send love and give love and and all the messages that we received as as growing up you know we're, we're giving that but we're not giving that to ourselves and so sometimes you're just like reframing instead of love 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 towards the other person we want to love but then just just maybe even more give that to ourselves right so it's love 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 but in our direction right that and makes sometimes sense. that means saying no like sometimes that means saying you know that I'll, I'll I can't come to the Christmas dinner but you know why don't we do brunch instead you know finding an alternative um, because you can rush yourself and try to pack and I know there's a lot of um uh, get-togethers and a lot of things during the holidays and sometimes it's about uh, not putting so much pressure and that's okay but finding some sort of solution alternative so the other person uh, it could be a win-win as you as you call it yeah so that uh, what I would suggest then to add to piggyback on what you're saying is that to do Melissa's strategy to f- find out you have to take a moment and ask yourself what you feel when somebody says something to you so Mm-hmm. It took me years to learn this, but I offer it to my clients is that when someone's asking you to do something to maybe say, I need a few minutes to think about that. Mm-hmm. Let me get back to you so that you can check in. Is this something I want to do? Sometimes Love it takes that. me a really long time to figure out what I want to do because yeah. I did grow up in a mesh family. So I'm really good at reading what other people want. Right. I'm not always that good at knowing what I want. So I need to take my time and figure it out because mm-hmm. sometimes saying yes to someone is not saying no to you. But if you're not considering yourself, then yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Very, and and that will help your self-esteem because once you're giving yourself more love and saying no to things, um, sometimes we might feel a little bit bad, but then once we 
see that our stress is reduced and we gave ourselves that self-love, it ends up feeling really good, really powerful. We've got to take a break, but why, before we take the break, just a question, you know, yes. why do you think that we glorify enmeshment? Because we do. We talked about romantic relationships. You complete me. Yes. I can't live with living this without you. We glorify it there. And Christmas, you're bringing up Christmas. The Christmas commercials and the Facebook phenomena is we're going to be together. It's We're going to be like roasting chestnuts. It's going to be just magical family time and we're all going to be together all the time and that why do we do that why are we doing why are we glorifying this in your view it's like again the romantic fantasies romantic fantasy it's the fantasy of what we like our life to be like but the problem is, is that in reality it's not like that the other days of the year. And it's not even that fun to no. be with people. As Shakespeare said, familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. Very brilliant man. Familiarity breeds contempt. Spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with someone you love and you'll start to get annoyed with them. Yeah. It's actually true. So it's funny. We're sending the message. And if you do it, it's you'll probably get irritated. Yeah, you know? we will. But also marketing, they get us on this. They you know? really do. <laughs> they really do. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We are back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. And during the break, uh, Melissa and I had, were just chatting about this topic. So I want to finish off where we were. But I want to move on to parenting and families because enmeshed families, again, have devastating consequences on kids. And again, it, it, Melissa so aptly mentioned the romantic fantasy of the commercials and, and a family that's together all the time. How beautiful is that? And again, um, that doesn't actually bring out the best in people. So we're not in any way suggesting that you don't spend time together. We're saying, and this is a good pre-holiday show, you want to spend time together. You want to also have some time apart. 
and this is true in your romantic relationships as well. Um, to segue into parenting, Melissa brought this up. I thought, you know, I'm going to let her talk about it, but I, I'm just going to put my bit out there how seriously dangerous it is. Um, there are many, many parents. Uh, we treat many parents and many kids at the clinic who unconsciously or consciously foster dependence for, uh, in their kids, meaning we have to always be together. You can't, the message is you can't do this without me. Mm. And I have to make a very strong statement on this and um, because it's actually true, is that that is not good parenting. You know, your children are on loan to you. And it's not that good news for me. I have young kids who are slowly but surely growing up. They're not that young anymore. And so believe me, this is not good news for me. I'm only human too. Of course, the idea of them flying the coop and doing their whole thing is very scary for me, a very scary concept. But good parenting is teaching your children always to move towards independence. And that's really hard on the parent. And I get why parents don't do it. However, it's devastating to not do that for your kids. Why do you think it's so devastating? Well, again, we want to encourage the children to have their own sense of individuality. And why? Well, because as we talked about, like in terms of this, this is probably generational, you know, like in mesh families, the, it, it goes from generation to generation. So the thing is that one of the signs, for example, is is when the parents um, share all the emotions with their children. Oh, yeah. Right? We see that a lot in the clinic. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard and sometimes... So let me play the role of that parent. What's wrong with that? We're yeah. an honest, open family and we share our emotions. Where's the problem, Melissa Henley? Yeah. So if I see that if I was a child and I saw that you're upset, as children, we take things very personally. So one, I might think that it has subconsciously something to do with me. Okay, so I'll tell you it's not about you. Okay. And two <laughs> is that I'm going to learn how I don't like to see you upset. And so I'm going to learn how to how to help or fix your feelings, right? So it, it, it there's a couple of things. So one, I might learn how to fix or help your feelings. So now I'm starting a caretaking because I don't like to see mommy or daddy depressed or anxious or, or angry. So I'm going to mm-hmm. start to caretake. But then also it, it kind of shows that uh, a lot of things that you share might not be appropriate for the age of the child, right? This is when we start to... Yeah, that's what I was going to add in that point, that, you know, our brains are not formed till we're 25. Mm-hmm. And so when this concept, I'm just going to share my emotions with my kid, it's fine. We're just an open, honest family is a re- honestly a bit of a ridiculous concept because your children are, they're not ready to hear that. And plus, often those emotions are about your husband or your wife, which puts your kids in what's called a double bind. Mm. Because even if you're divorced that kid it's still their Their other parents and they should never be in that situation like melissa said if they see your emotions getting upset um what are they to do it's just too much for their brains to take in and they'll start to actually associate the parents feelings with their feelings so if i see that you know and that's why we see sometimes a lot of anxiety and depression in in young kids because they're associating uh, or if the kids are feeling really guilty, well, then I'll work with the parents say like, well, is the, do you feel some guilt? Could they be picking up on some guilt mm. that maybe you're sharing? Mm. And so, um, yeah, children often associate with their, their feelings. Um, another sign that that could be uh, dangerous is when, when I think I brought this up with the couples, but we're, it's like we're not allowed to disagree. Right. Okay. That that the that it becomes enmeshed when when it feels like there's no conflict or that we're not allowed to have our own feelings. And that's part of the individuality is that 
And that's the you, me, us. It's like you have your feelings. I'm allowed to have my feelings about it. And then where, how do we communicate that so that we end up with like a, a solution? That's tough for, tough for parents, though. What if their kids have an opinion that's very contrary to their value system? It's, this is very that important is very point. Tough, very important. So what is the parent to do? Well, the thing is, it's hard, but to try and recognize, like, try to listen first to, because we don't want to, you know, make judgments or it's sometimes really hard, but, you know, to reflect on what the child is saying. And then, you know, if, and to see how are you interpreting it? You know, if it's, are you sending, you know, let's say, what would be a good example if? Well, if it's, let's say the child says, I don't believe in God. Yeah. And the family is very into religion. Yes. Yeah. That would be really upsetting. Yes. That would be hard. Right. But to try and encourage, like that's the hard part, but is, is, is to try and encourage, you don't have to agree with it, but to try and encourage at least their expression of a feeling. Right. Right. And what, what, what you can do with that after is a separate step, but at least feel like the child has a space to say and, and the safety of saying this, because the problem is if the child doesn't feel safe to say this, then they, it might come out in anxiety or, you know, they might not feel like they can tell anyone. Yeah, well, what you're saying is exactly right. And but the parent has to have quite good emotional oh, intelligence because yeah. they have to put their stuff aside. Tell me more about why you don't believe in God in a religious family is quite something to yeah. say. Yeah. But yes, I think you're right. You have to hear your child's opinions and there has to be room for your kids to disagree with you. But mm-hmm. then what, Melissa? Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. Do you try to sway them to your way of thinking? What do you do? Well, you know, what I see, unfortunately, is that when we try to sway, maybe there, there's some sort of compromise you can come up with. But if there's a swaying, then unfortunately, you might push the child away more. Further away. Further yeah, away. that's an important point. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, another one we talked about uh, is when the parents, I see this a lot, when the parents get overly involved in the, the child's life. And what's the problem with, with this? Why is this such um, a downside? Well, I think what you're starting to go towards is the concept that your children need to develop skills such as resiliency. Mm. And so if I'm overly involved in their life, I'm probably going to protect them from any difficult situation. And instead of them learning how to cope, they're going to learn to rely on me. Mm -hmm. Now, my payoff is I become very important. That's Mm. fostering dependency again. Uh, However, that's not in the child's interest at all. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Very important. And I love how that's a point that we talked about in the break is that it does create this sense of dependency and it secretly feels good yeah yeah it does right? it, does. it does. but you're right is that we're not building the best skills for our children to right so to it's not always what feels good it's what is good what is the best yeah for that for them so definitely um trying to not get overly involved with your child you want to be there and supportive and listen but not to uh, caretake or fix or to be overly involved and and that you can try and encourage your child to brainstorm ideas of how do they want to solve this problem yeah that's and then a great you can, strategy you can guide them but you know not yeah. to do it for them so yeah so asking them to brainstorm a strategy is really a great idea you're still involved but you're letting them get to the mm-hmm. solution because the opposite problem of enmeshment would be like completely detached parents yeah. where they're they're not involved at all which is not at all what we're advocating here no. just to be very clear no. we don't like extremes of any kind enmeshments at one end severely detached is at another end so i'd love your strategy of you know Johnny or Mary or whatever your child's name is, that sounds like a rough problem. Let's let's brainstorm some solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of let the child come up with stuff. So you're still supporting, but you're letting them figure it out. Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have for, for the signs. Um, 
why is it also that I wrote a point about secrets and families? Why is this together with enmeshment? Because I remember you and I had this conversation um, about secrets and families. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember, but secrets and family are always linked with shame. And mm-hmm. I think you said shame was a sign of enmeshment. Yes. So that's probably the answer because if the, if the family secret has to be kept, there's shame attached to secrets. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one. And also with when there's strong sense of enmeshment, there could be we play like different roles. Like when we see families enmeshed, it's like every child or every family member will play a different role in the mm, family. Mm. So one, we have one member of the family might be the scapegoat. And what's the scapegoat? That's the person who gets picked on. Yeah, the person, yeah. The, the family blames the problems yes. on this person. Right, right. right that's they become, and the real issues of what's going on don't get Aren't addressed. dealt with, right, right. Yeah. And in psychology, we often call that child the identified child. Mm. And they'll, they'll ha- unconsciously happily take on the role to keep the family together. Yes, that's, yeah. a, that's a very big point. Um, then we have the hero. So mm. what, what's the hero in this family? It's usually the caretaker. The yeah. hero's like, I'll make it all better. I'll I'll make the family seem really normal and okay, I'll pick up on cues. And these, you know, these people really often grow up in caretaking jobs. Mm-hmm. Nurses, teachers, mm-hmm. psychotherapists. Yeah. And the hero's like, it's like as if, you know, they have the whole family, like as if the whole world is on their shoulders. Which so, leads to a lot of anxiety later in life. Yeah. yeah. And this is where we'll see, like you said, caretaking in relationships that we talked about early in the segment and, and uh, in jobs. And then we have sometimes family members can take the role of the joker or the clown. Hmm. And why Why would I this? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I know that sometimes the joker or the clown, again, is an anxiety response to diffuse what's going on. Yes. But I'm curious what, what your research has led you to on this. Yeah, it's, it's really a defense mechanism. So when there's conflict and when families become enmeshed, sometimes it's like, it's like, you know, those, you know, in TV shows, what do they call those that the, the humor when there's like a serious moment? I don't know. <laughs> is funny. there a term for yeah, that? Yeah, there's a term for that. In TV shows when there's a humorous Like moment? a comic relief. A comic relief, yeah. So the joker of the family plays this comic relief. It's like all the tension that even though the family on the surface seems very close and perfect and nice, but the, the family members could be picking up on this tension. And so the joker will give like that comic relief of that tension okay so they may or may not even want that role they just no they just take take it it. Mm -hmm. but a lot of jokers i find they actually sometimes end up do taking the role because they get a lot of positive feedback right right. from being funny yeah of course of course they get liked but then when it comes time to emotionally connecting that's not helpful right and then the last one a sign that there might be enmeshment in the family is the lost child Mm. so this is the child that will retreat um withdraw escape into the room um, focus on uh, TV video games it's like mm. really as if the child's like removing themselves and focusing it's like as if they're the lost child so these four roles they're signs that there, there could be an enmeshment that's going on in the family and so and all these roles has their own sense of shame so it's really important to try and identify which role that you might be taking in this family and how is that role replaying in your romantic relationships mm, right. It will. So these are really great ways to look at if these things are happening in your family, maybe there is some enmeshment. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. (music) 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, well, as I thought, this would be a big topic. No doubt about that enmeshment. Again, um, sort of what we see in the movies, sailing into the sunset, every moment together. You never see them clipping their toenails. You never see them shaving their <laughs> armpits. Uh, real life looks a little different than that. We need time together as in a couple. We need time apart, the trees together and separate. In families, time together, time apart. This is health. This is what healthy relationships look like. So what are some tips for people mm. to work on this issue of enmeshment if it's something they fall into yes so we already talked about just a recap for those of you who are tuning in um but (laughs) you're so good with the radio look at you (laughs) getting more experience um but to really set small boundaries so you know sometimes it feels like i hear clients say but i can't i can't set but i can't say no it feels impossible they'll be mad at me or they'll they'll make me feel bad and so just try with really smaller things at first to gain okay. experience to gain um more self-esteem around setting really small boundaries so that's what we talked about if it's for the holidays like learning to say no but maybe coming up with a compromise um Instead, you know, I can't come for dinner, but maybe can we do a coffee or can I come over in the morning? What about like, I have a lot of clients where, you know, um, the women start to develop a little bit of, you know, they a friendship maybe outside of the relationship and a, a, like a, a woman to a woman. And they mm-hmm. say to their husband, I'm going to go out with my girlfriend tonight. And the husband would guilt Ooh, the partner yes. or vice versa. Women certainly do it to men too, yes. um, which is a sign of this problem, right? So what, what should... 
you know, I have met, I've met many people who tell me about this. They want to go out, they want to hang out, but they feel like they're going to be really, they're going to pay for it, basically. Yeah, so what do you say to well, yeah, clients that's, like that? That would be really important then to put a boundary. So what's the boundary? Well, the boundary is because, again, if you, if you, that's a great example, I love it, but if you cancel your plans and stay home with your partner, whoever it might be, then what message are you sending to yourself and to the, your partner? Well, the story you would tell yourself is I'm saying my partner's important mm-hmm. and I don't want to hurt his feelings and mm-hmm. he's very sad and look how much he loves me. Yeah. He doesn't want me to go out. So what's the problem? And what message would you be sending to you? Ah, uh, so that I'm not allowed to have other relationships yeah, and, and other connections. And other connections. Right. right. And so... And that's an important point because in abusive relationships, by the way, yeah. the first sign of abuse is yes. somebody telling you not to have Control. other relationships. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. But I would try to see it because it's so hard to do because that would trigger me, right? I'd be like, what do you mean I can't go out, right? right. Like that would really trigger me. But um, is to try and look. I always try to do this. It's so hard takes a lot of emotional intelligence but to try and not react right away but try to see what is this person feeling okay because maybe this is their word yeah probably that maybe you're not going to be into them anymore Mm -hmm. maybe you're going to go on and have such a good time that you'll be like man this relationship's not that exciting yeah that's the fear right that's the fear right so if i can address that instead of getting angry and saying well how would you address that well to, to 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 validate be like look i know you might be scared or I know um, you know you you're you're feeling alone tonight. So I'm gonna go. It's important to me. To, I made these plans. I made this commitment to myself and to my friend. And so I'm gonna make these plans. Can we do something when I get home? or can we do something tomorrow? But coming up with a compromise, um, so that they're not feeling abandoned and alone. Well, I think that's an amazing strategy, and I think that people need to apply it. I do know of a case where yes. somebody tried that strategy, and the partner yes. is then so bitter that yes. they're like, it's kind of like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. What's going on there? Well, there, it's like that's where it's the, the person's falling into like it it becomes a little bit of a control thing right and so they're falling into a little bit of like the victimization and making the other person feel really bad so definitely I think a bigger conversation is going to have to be needed after if that didn't work um but to have to have other boundaries and consequences yeah, yeah. Um, so to be able to say to your partner like what would you, know, you say well I think that it would just sit down that you're talking about would be kind of I you know and I have a friend who did this I remember she'd go out and her husband would call that the kids are freaking out and every time she'd go out he'd call and say that yeah. and the sit down was basically and she she is a therapist by the way mm-hmm. um, she she was the sit down is like when I go out deal with the kids mm-hmm. I don't want those phone calls I mm-hmm. think that you're unconsciously manipulating me Mm. to ruin my evening Mm -hmm. and I'm not okay with that. So Mm. what, you know, and then you have to negotiate how many times in your relationship is it okay to go out without the other? We don't have a steadfast answer. So you, you work that out with your couple. Great. But then there's no guilting on the night of. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting because I started the show by saying I grew up in an enmeshed family. So yeah. I'll just say this. I fell in love with a guy who's not enmeshed at all. So when I go out, he'll never say, yeah. like, why are you going out or why are you leaving me? And sometimes for many years, I'd feel bad that he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to say it because I would feel like that would be a sign of love. love yeah. But it's not. 
And I realize now how incredibly blessed I am that, you know, we have our holiday party coming up. Mm -hmm. We have things coming up that I am not going to be subject to ever paying Mm -hmm. for going out. And I've obviously had to learn to offer that same thing to him. You know, that freedom. You know, what the cliche is if you love something, set it free, come back. If it comes back, it's yours. If it doesn't, it never was. I know it's a cliche, but but it's it's kind of true, true, right? You can't control love. No, we can't. And other people. And the only responsible are we, we are for ourselves. We can't get into uh, starting control how many times they see their friends or not. And if, if that's something that upsets you, you can communicate it. And you can negotiate. And you can negotiate, yeah. Yeah, Very yeah. important. But but it's important. Those those friends' times, I can't imagine what it would be like with in my life without those moments. So Right, far. but you'd be okay if your partner said, look, Melissa, you go out too often with yes. your friends. Can we talk about a compromise, a or, compromise or more date nights with me yeah. or whatever? That would be fine, right? That I think this is fun. a really, important message that yeah. you're saying but and what you're doing is you're getting to instead of attacking me and saying passive aggressive comments like you're always always your friends you're getting to the root and you're finding the solution instead of attacking me well right? you know so, you have it right there and i'll tell you why people don't do that though mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of shame um and this is you know a whole other show in itself of asserting yourself and owning your truth there's nothing wrong with feeling that way uh, if it's your truth, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to express it to say this bothers me. But the reason we don't express it is we feel guilty. We think that oh, I shouldn't be like this. I yeah. shouldn't be bothered that he goes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And the last tip I have is really this is something I practice too. Is really practicing being alone. Um, I love how you say it. How do you say it when you say alone? When you say you're not alone. Oh, you're with yourself. Yes, you're I love that. You're with yourself. Yeah. You can never be alone when you're with yourself. Exactly. Right? So it's developing, really, really uh, developing a great relationship with, with yourself. With yourself, yeah. yeah. Reconnecting. So you've been practicing that? Yes. Oh, Reconnecting with yourself. How has that been for you? It's good. It's, it's hard because a lot of times I don't like to be alone. Right. So you'll see I'm often very busy if I'm alone. But it's really important to try and that's because, again, with the we're a huge family and we're always having people Together. around. So I have to learn how to practice being alone so that I'm OK with myself being alone. Amazing. Melissa, yes. licensed psychotherapist. Yes. You did it again. That's all the time we have today. I want to thank you so much for coming on and giving these for having amazing me. tips on enmeshment. People often reach out and want to find you. How can they find you? Yes, you can call the center at 514-777-4530. And you can also check, uh, find you on the website, I believe, oh, yes. helpforanxietydepression.com. Um, I get lots of people asking to work with you and you do some phenomenal work. It's amazing. So thank you so much again for joining us today. I want to thank everybody as well for following this show. It means a lot to us. And I want to invite you all to come back next week. Uh, If you'd like to ever hear this show or any prior shows, you can listen to it on straighttalksandarish.com on the podcast app of your iPhone or on iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandarish. You can drop me or Melissa a comment or question anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Feel free also to check out our Facebook page, Straight Talk Sandarish, and you can leave a question. um, And remember to like us while you're there. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you to learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Keep Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show, and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Now, go live your best life. 